Well, along with Pastor Brett, I want to welcome you to worship on this Reformation Sunday. I'm going to ask you to please turn with me in your Bibles or one of the pew Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 as we continue in the sermon series, Thy Kingdom Come, in which we yield to Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, we are turning to Matthew 7, not Matthew 15, as printed in your bulletins because of sickness in Pastor Weber's home. Uh, They are doing well and would appreciate our prayers. Now, the story of the wise man who built his house upon a rock is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Uh, This comes at the close of the Sermon of the Mount, where Jesus tells a story about two men. One who built his house upon a rock and another who built his house upon the sand. The house built upon a rock weathered a storm. The builder is called wise. The house, though, built upon the sand collapsed during the storm. And that builder is called foolish. Building wisely on the rock. That's the title of this sermon, since it's not printed for you. Building wisely on the rock gives us eternal foundations as we hear the words of Christ and do them. So please now hear the reading of Holy Scripture. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And anyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his hand, his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, please give us grace each moment to draw our life from you. Help us to enjoy fellowship with our Savior and with each other in the kingdom of your Son. As we now give attention to your word, please open the eyes of our hearts to behold the wonders of your love. Holy Spirit, please pour light upon these words which you cause to be inspired and write them upon our hearts. For Jesus' sake and for his name we pray. Amen. You know, as a pastor and sometimes as a friend, I often realize that I don't have answers to complex questions of life that are asked of me from those whom I love. So when a friend starts to come to me for guidance, my most consistent prayer is simply this. Lord, please help us by giving your wisdom to move forward. May you give us godly wisdom to discern between what is good and what is best with the reverence and awe of the Lord that leads us to obedience. In Christ's name I plead, Amen. Now the Bible urges us often to seek wisdom above all things. We see this throughout Proverbs. And there is an obvious difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom that James speaks of in his third chapter. Godly wisdom is from the Lord and it honors God. Godly wisdom starts with a fear of the Lord and results in a holy, skillful life. Worldly wisdom, on the other hand, is not conserved with honoring God, but rather it seems to me with pleasing 
oneself. Now, the primary way we gain wisdom is by learning God's word. And we see this throughout Psalm 119. In fact, the psalmist tells us that the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And praise God, the Bible tells us to ask for godly wisdom. Again, from James chapter 1, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Praise God, we ask for wisdom and ask for the Lord to help us. God is delighted to give His wisdom to us when our hearts are set to receive it. When we are committed to trusting Him and obeying His Word, He pours out His wisdom on us. Yet if we want to retain the right to disobey, we are double-minded. This again is using the language of James. And we may not receive the wisdom that we seek. The passage we have read today is all about two builders who built two houses on two different types of foundations and two different results. And yet in building wisely on the rock, Jesus calls us to build on the certain foundation of himself and his word to be about doing his word. And that is wise. The foundation of our lives matters. And in building wisely on the rock, we see three dynamics of our story. This is our outline this morning. First, there are some common comparisons of all of us. There are similarities. But secondly, there are some differences. There are some key contrasts. And thirdly, we'll see certain consequences about being in the kingdom already, experiencing Christ as king, and yet still the not yet of the full consummation of his kingdom. But let's start with the common comparisons, the similarities of these two different people. Both hear the word of Christ. At the beginning of verse 24 and 26, the two people both hear Jesus. Verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. And then in 26, and anyone who hears these words of mine, so they're both hearing God's word and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Both builders in this parable hear the way of salvation. They both hear the gospel. They each have a reaction to it. Both build houses. Each build a house based on their understanding of what Jesus is telling them. The houses in this parable are pictures of what life is like, lived, how we live life in response to the Scripture. That is, each man builds a life based on how they interpret the message of God, our Savior. This means that people believe the message to a certain point. They each apply the words of Jesus to their life as they see fit. It appears to me that they also both build in the same location. Because in verse 27, it describes a very severe storm that comes and affects both houses. And there's implications for the storms of life. We all face specific joys and specific sorrows this side of heaven. It also appears that they would build similar houses. Nothing is said about their houses being different. They use similar materials, most likely in similar design. From the outside, these two homes look similar. In fact, they were so similar, you might not even be able to tell them apart except For the foundation underneath. Now just to clarify. Both men respond 
to the gospel message. And to clarify, the gospel is both simple and profound. I love what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 as a summary of the gospel. For I delivered to you as a first important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The Bible tells us clearly that all of us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's in Romans. Romans 6 then tells us, tells us that the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.8 tells us that God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He had to die to pay for the penalty of our sins that we deserve to pay. And then, of course, there's this wonderful call in Romans chapter 10 to trust God's Son, Jesus Christ, for salvation, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the message that we must believe to build wisely upon the rock. Building wisely is hearing and then doing God's Word. Salvation involves faith in the Gospel, including repentance of sin and a willingness to yield to the Lordship and control of Jesus Christ in life. Clearly, salvation is not earned by works. But a life lived with a heart change in Christ will demonstrate some effective fruit. So that's common comparisons, similarities. Secondly, let's deal with the contrast here. The differences. You know, while there are several similarities, there are some very major differences between these two people that I think represent two types of people. Those differences are worth noting first. One man builds his house on the sand. One man builds his house with what seems to be like little preparation or consideration of what is below it. He found a spot of his house and began to build. You know, sand is pretty unstable, ever-changing and moving. Uh, Sand offers little stability. Sand is not a good place to build a house. Sand does not provide a firm foundation. Now, in context, as Jesus explains this, building on the sand speaks of people who hear the gospel, but instead of believing the gospel and coming to faith in Jesus, they believe that they can build their lives on the sifting sands of perhaps human philosophy, worldly wisdom, Multiple options to get to God, divided politics, religious achievement. They are driven by outward religious appearances and faith in themselves rather than faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone that we see in the Scripture alone. People who build on the sand hear the gospel and they choose to do their best to save themselves. They hear the gospel and they believe the general message, but they choose to follow God on their own terms. To them, his word is open to interpretation and to change. If he commands them to do something, they will obey only if they choose. If they don't like it, they simply won't do it. They build their house 
of their lives on self-will, self-fulfillment, self-sufficiency, self-satisfaction, and self-righteousness. Theirs is a works-based religion that has the appearance of being right, but that lacks the power to save the soul. And Jesus is addressing this throughout Matthew chapter 7. Paul describes that kind of person like this. It's very simple. Having the appearance of godliness, they deny its power. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 3. People build on the sand because, in one sense, it's easy. It requires little effort. It's just a little change here and a little change there. Life built on the sand requires, though, no commitments, no sacrifice, and no trust. They can be in today and out tomorrow and again the next day. Sand builders ultimately have their faith in themselves. But notice, secondly, one man built his house on the rock. Now, while one man built his house on the sand, the other dug deep down. This is actually in Luke's account of the same story. He dug deep down until he reached the bedrock and built his house on the rock. The rock does not move. It's unchanging. It's stable. Rock offers a good foundation for our house. Building on the rock speaks of people, according to Jesus here, who hear the gospel and believe it to the point that they build their lives upon Jesus Christ and His Word. Wise builders understand that Jesus alone has the power to save their souls. Wise builders hear His Word and they conform their lives to it. Wise builders accept with reverence and awe the proclamation of Jesus where He tells us that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. They hear that message and they receive it with all of their hearts. Wise builders here, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. They respond to Christ's invitation. Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For wise builders... The gospel message strikes them at the core of their building, it built being. It comes into their hearts with absolute clarity. They hear the truth about Jesus. They believe it. They embrace it. They yield to it. The message of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit changes their hearts, their lives. This means that for wise builders, what God tells them to do in his word, they do. What God warns them not to do, they avoid. They pay any price, walk any path, they do anything the Lord tells them to do. The house built on the rock is built by someone who realizes that God deserves the best. So they sacrifice, they work, they do anything and everything to honor the Lord. They love Him, they honor Him, they obey Him. The rock builder's obedience to the Word of God proves that they love the Lord. As Jesus tells us in John 14, If you love Me, you will keep My commandments. 
Wise builders hear the word of God, the gospel, and make it the foundation of their lives. Foolish builders reject the word of God and the gospel. One house is built on a firm foundation of faith in the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The other is built on the shifting sand of religion, works, and self-righteousness. One of those houses describes everyone in this room. You are either a believer in the gospel and in Jesus... Or you have a false religion and a false hope of salvation. So as we close this second point, the question is, who or what is the foundation of your life? Upon whom or upon what are you building? Are you building your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and the gospel? Or are you building your life on sifting sand? And praise God, I hear so many testimonies in our family that we are building upon Jesus Christ and His Word. So there are common similarities here. There are some key differences. But now think about the certain consequences in the third point. This reveals the already and the not yet of being in the kingdom of God. The parable tells us that the rains come, the floods follow, and the winds of destruction they blow. The house built on the rock will stand. And in some ways, for the already, for our life in the kingdom today, as we allow Christ to reign in our hearts, a life built upon Jesus Christ will stand. That is a simple point, of course. But we need to have it clear in our thinking and to get it planted deeply into our souls. A life built upon Jesus Christ will stand. It will stand even in the midst of trials and troubles of this life or of the judgments of eternity. Jesus tells us, he's very truthful, that in this life we will have tribulation. We will have hardship in life. Tribulation is the common lot of man, but only the Christian who is building upon Christ and whose mind is captive to the will of God can triumph over them gloriously. We see this in Romans 5. And yet in the book of Job, one of Job's comforters says, For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground, but man is born to trouble as the sparks fly Upward, Job chapter 5. Now, I know this image is poetic, but it tells that each generation of men can be compared to a stack of wood that is placed upon burning embers of the past. That is our destiny to pass through fire and in due time to be released forever. Every child of Adam becoming a child of God You and I and countless millions of others, we will experience joy in this life and we will experience abundant life, but also there will be times of sorrow, pain, suffering, disappointment, and eventually death. What is the solution? Well, there's no escape. For escape is impossible. But the solution is to build upon a sure foundation that we would always be stable. 
So Jesus says that although the rains will fall, the floods will rise and the wind will blow, the life that is constructed upon me will survive. Hallelujah. Now, there is a not yet looking to the day when Christ returns and he fully consummates the kingdom in this parable as well. This image is not just about some storm in life, this side of heaven. The storm is also the image of judgment. In the end, both houses were subjected to the terrible storm of God's judgment. One house stood, the other was totally destroyed. The house that was built on the sand could not face the withering judgment of God. It collapsed and Jesus simply ends this parable by saying, And great was the fall of it. This means that the house was utterly destroyed. There was nothing left to show for the life lived within it. There was nothing left of hopes and dreams and plans, efforts, works, or anything. Everything was destroyed and swept away as if it never existed. We are reminded that that day is coming when Jesus returns In which we will be glorified, praise God, our redemption will be complete as our bodies are restored with our souls. And yet also there is judgment. And Jesus, or John tells us in 1 John, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Yet praise God, notice that the house that was built on the rock that experienced the same storm. It was beat upon. This house was battered. But it stood against that storm. The house did not fall. It stood on a firm foundation. It weathered the storm. And again, this house stood because it was built on the Word of God and the Gospel of grace, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The builder built his house on the finished work of our Savior upon the cross for the forgiveness of sin and his glorious resurrection for our salvation. The wise builder, dear family of God, believes the gospel and trusts Jesus Christ. This wise builder understands that Jesus died for our sin. He rose from the dead. He has the power to save anyone who would come to him and to believe. This wise person builds his life on Jesus and he was accepted by God for eternity. So if you build your life on the faith of Jesus Christ, on his death and resurrection, your house will stand and you will be saved. So building wisely on the rock Godly wisdom, Jesus tells us, hears and does. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And Jesus also says that godly wisdom endures the storm. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 
true wisdom builds on the rock of Jesus Christ and his word. We hear and do the words of our God and Savior. Everybody in this room is building a spiritual house. Every day you attach boards, you drive nails, perhaps you add rooms. You try to improve your house. Regardless of what you do to the house, you are building what matters most is the foundation of Jesus Christ and his word. So be sure you're building on him. If you've realized today that you are building on the wrong foundation, you can change today. Come to Jesus. He will save you and get you started building on the right foundation. Please do not ignore his call. For there is a storm coming and your house is right in its path. And yet when that store comes, the only houses that will stand are those houses built on the solid foundation of Jesus, our Savior. If you're on the wrong foundation, please come to Jesus. So I ask you now this final question. Is the foundation beneath your life absolutely solid? If you wisely build your house upon Jesus Christ, the Christ of the Bible, the solid rock and his word, it is. It is. To God be the glory. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ as our God and Savior and the truth of your word. We ask that you would help us to build wisely, that we would daily build upon the secure foundation of Christ and his word, that we would hear his words and do them, and that we would do so for our good and for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.